Is it piece of chain? Or Tao Te Ching? It's the Arrow Wong podcast series. The number one Apple business and number four entrepreneurship podcast. Speaking from Hong Kong. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Arrow Wong podcast. Today's guest is William D. Fraser. William is a Shanghai China-based entrepreneur. He's the co-founder and global business developer at Shanghai America to red import and exports. As a native of first rate, Georgia in the States, he writes books and articles on the sustainability of business opportunities that generate trade agreements with China's private industry. He's best known for having solar strategic equipment to implement trade deals across the greater China region. He began the academic career in China with a PhD in urban planning at Hongji University and a master's in urban studies from Spanner State University. Today, I'm going to dive deep in Black American Entrepreneur in China. It's not just it's not just a book written by William, but also a podcast he hosts. The subtitle is Connecting Industry and Cultural Differences. In other words, you can find his books and podcasts on Amazon Bookstore and Apple Podcasts by searching the keyword again, Black American Entrepreneur in China. Without further ado, let's talk about the Black American entrepreneurship in China with the public speaker from VIP Forum host for China Toy Expo, African Chamber of Commerce Shanghai, and the keynote speaker at Confucius Institute, Savannah State University. Welcome to the show, William. Hey, Errol. Thank you, man. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, hi, you remind me of all those things that I've done. Well, well, still more to come, though. You know, God is good. I've been, I've been blessed, man. I'm humble in the things that I've been given and been shown about um, life in general and in, in this world and what I've uh, been exposed to, especially uh, spending roughly over mm. two decades in, in China, particularly yes. in, in Shanghai. So I've seen a lot, learned a lot, and continue continuously expanding based on those uh, those accolades mm. that you these accolades that you have given me. So, yeah, I appreciate you bringing me on your show, man. Appreciate it. Yep. I feel you, my friend. Uh, I'm in your life now because I've completed uh, reading your book, uh, Break American Entrepreneurs in China. And then I have so many questions I want to ask you. So maybe to start off this uh, episode, to help the audience understand your profession and background, are these two chapters in your book the best starting point of our conversation? China study of program and leap of faith. Okay. Oh man, the China, the China study abroad program. That that was that's the vehicle. That's the vehicle that actually got me here. And um, mm. and I wasn't really, I wasn't really open about. Never thought I would ever come to China. I just happened to ask uh, my my college professor, who was my master's advisor, and who's from Hangzhou. And I just mm. asked him one day, you know, say, Dr. Hong, when are, when are you going to take me to China? And that, that's just a, just a general statement, nothing meaning behind it, just a, a question. And uh, he said, one day, time passed by, and then he wrote, approached me and said he wanted to put together a study bro program, and if we were successful at it, we'd be able to go to China. And lo and behold, my, my first visit here was in the summer of 2000. Mm-hmm. And, and when I came to Shanghai, I went to, went to Beijing. Beijing was mm-hmm. cool back then, you know, it still hadn't been 
the Olympics hadn't really came, so you got a chance to see the old, in my opinion, the old type of Beijing that you came came to know of before they told uh-huh. that the Olympic came. But anyway, um, when I came to Shanghai, uh, it was just totally different. I mean, the contract between Beijing and Shanghai is obviously different. But is Shanghai, it two thousand, two thousand, yeah, yeah, in two thousand, it's totally. But obviously, twenty years ago, twenty two years ago, actually. Um, but when I came to Shanghai, I, I just, it just, I just knew immediately that I was going to live here. I, I, I don't mm. know why, you know, it's just like when I flew into Pudong Airport, Terminal One, you know, I was like, I'm going to live here. And, and I had, we still on the, on the, uh, the runway. And I, it mm. just, it just something about this, this, this country, this city that just, it just grabbed me. And it, 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 mm. it just, it just does. It just did, rather. Like I was supposed to be here. But um, it's, it feels like you're meant to be here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it was not... I mean, you hear a lot of people that been to China, been to Asia, whatever have you, um, that had difficulties with the adjustments. Mm. I mean, yeah, of course you have difficulties. It all depends on what you're trying to adjust to. You know, you're trying to get something to adjust to the way you are or you're going to have to learn how to adjust the way things are in that particular location. So I learned mm-hmm. immediately, you know, just fall in, just fall in where you fit in, you know, and I just, it was just, it was just a smooth move. I mean, bumps here, bumps there, but nothing to say, I'm going to pack my bags and go back, you know, nothing mm-hmm. like that. It never crossed my mind. Got it. Uh, before we talk about your entrepreneurship in China, can I ask you some of the things that I've never been to Shanghai before and I would love to because I always uh, hear people talking about that. Uh, it is so cool. There are so much advancement uh, in the last two decades. Uh, uh, is there any difference that you see uh, in Shanghai in terms of organization, uh, anything that uh, compared to uh, what you have seen in two decades ago, two decades ago and what, what it is now? Well, um, Everything was pretty much open um, two mm-hmm. decades ago. And what I mean by that, you could come over mm-hmm. here and create because a lot of things wasn't here at that, that moment. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of you know, companies, luxury brands and hotels mm-hmm. and restaurants and just everyday uh, life that mm-hmm. was mo- nor- normally in the Western countries, I'm going to say like that, wasn't already here. But those things was, was coming here. But you know, mm. like China, like most countries, you look at something and you tw- you change it and tweak it to fit your country, your your group of individuals, your consumers, and and that back then, yeah, it was much more easier, much mm-hmm. more fast paced because everything wasn't pretty much settled. It was still in a growing process, growing process, um, and then going through that whole whole phase, I, I realized that you know, if I'm going, if I'm living here, I might as well look mm. at myself living here on a, on a local level not just being here working or being here going to school i mean being here doing things like being part of the community mm. itself you know engaging it. myself more in the, in the community on the grassroots level in, in a sense then mm. when you do that you see a lot of more opportunities that that come about as a result because mm. um it was like maybe back in 2007 i think um, a couple of guys, a friend of mine, Memo Monto, um, Memo Mata, got to give him a shout out. Mm. He started a football program, this American football program over here. In Shanghai. 
in Shanghai. Was one, oh. of, one of the pioneers because it wasn't mm. here. And now American football is, is a big, it's a growing sport here. So I'm me being on the ground level with that sport, I you know, kind of grew into it, grew into it. So pretty much got my name established. You know, you gotta put yourself out there. So uh, but to be mm. an entrepreneur in, in, in China now is is very mm-hmm. challenging. It is very challenging because you have to have something that's very unique that is not already mm. here. Um, mm. But in order to know what that is, you have to be here and experience what is not here and say, okay, I think this will work here. Because you got to understand what the market is mm. off the give and take. So you just can't just jump in and think you got, you know, you, you got deep pockets. Mm. Think it's work. And a lot a lot of companies thought they had you know, they had deep pockets and thought they could come to China because they had name recognition and, and deep pockets and obviously they failed. Mm. They failed. Yeah, because they didn't they wasn't at that grassroots level, you know? Yes. And, and, yes. That, and that makes a big difference. So yeah, that's 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 my plus on that part. Got it. So you are very resourceful from day one. Uh I, I think even before you arrived Shanghai, you're already very resourceful. And I believe that there's some entrepreneurial spirits that uh, you inherited from your mom. And I read that story in your book and I hear that story in your podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about the Freeze Cup Lady, the best story of your entrepreneurial journey? Yes, that's my 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 mother, bless her heart, rest in peace, I love her very much. Um, yeah. The, the, the reason I, I put my mother in, in the book is I had to sit back and think about when I was writing this book, who's the first entrepreneur that I knew? Mm. No, and I really had to think about it. And I and I looked and I said, Well, my mother was an entrepreneur. You know, because after I started doing this business in China, I started understanding what an entrepreneur and how they start a business. And and, and my mother is an entrepreneur uh, because mm-hmm. she, you know, I'm I'm from I'm from South Georgia where it's hot, you know. Mm. And she used to make these things that's called a freeze cup that's very popular in our, in our neighborhood. And yeah. she, we have this this method that she would buy certain items that, you know, go buy the sugar, go buy the Kool-Aid, go buy the water, go buy the cups, mm-hmm. you know, use the freeze. Mm-hmm. You never think about nothing like that. You know, you just go do it. And, mm-hmm. and at, at that moment, and she was she had developed her own supply chain. Yes. You know, she had developed her own supply chain. She... The sugar was the raw material and, mm-hmm. and the paper cups and the plastic cups. And the interesting, interesting thing about the paper cup and plastic cup is the paper cups were cheaper than the plastic cups. Mm-hmm. But the paper cups would rip because when you're mm-hmm. digging out in the ice, you come through the side of the cup. So in the paper cups would rip, but then she had to switch to the plastic cup. So that's like doing her R&D. You know, yes. figuring out R and D, doing figuring out which will work, and uh, being able to measure how much sugar and 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 go inside the water and how long it takes to freeze, and then mm-hmm. looking at which item would sell the most based on the color. Would the purple mm-hmm. sell more than the red? Would the white smell sell more than the green? You know, so she would make a certain amount to fit that certain customer base, and mm-hmm. we would always know. I mean, as a family, we'll always know when the customers will come. So if someone mm-hmm. will always be home, we always knew what the price was. And we always knew, you know, get the money, put the money here, tell mama, restock, go back to the store. So that, you know, that mm-hmm. basis, I mean, 
that was the basis of the whole concept when I started writing my book, looking back at my mother. So she instilled that into me at that mm. early age. I really did not realize that she was doing it. Yes. I love it. Uh, the reason why I bring it up again uh, is uh, I really feel you the important or this little story in your head that enable what you are doing right now. And uh, even though you are, you are saying your mom is not an entrepreneur, but in my head, when you uh, lay out the things that she did in the book, I already think <laughs> this amazing lady is an entrepreneur. Everything she, she, she's doing is entrepreneurial. So, yes. yeah. So you are the descendant of an uh, amazing entrepreneur. If you can do R&D, construct a robust supply chain for her business. Uh, let's go back to your own entrepreneurial journey. How do you see the business opportunities opening up in China for Black Americans? Perhaps we can talk about the China's investment into the World Trade uh, WTO uh, mm -hmm. in year 2001. The reason why I'm asking this is because I really don't know much about it. Uh, can you help educate, not just the audience, even me, I, I just told you offline, even though I'm Chinese, uh, I'm still learning about how to do business in China. So educate us. Okay, that's, that's a very interesting question, you know, because mm. well, uh, China entered the WTO in 2001, I think December 2001, mm. and I had just actually made a permanent move over here in February 2002, so I just came like two months after it actually happened. Um, and, though, and at that time, I was not really an entrepreneur when I first came over permanently. I was a student studying for my PhD in urban planning mm. at Tongji University. Mm. And when I was doing that, that exposed me to how China was going to develop itself, the, the mindset of the development, the growth, and economic development. And that very, very intrigued me because um, being my background was in urban studies, and the U.S. pretty much at that moment was already a developed country. Mm. I got a chance to come to a place that was going to become a developing country. It was already a developing country. It was going to go through all the infrastructure development. It's going to go all through the economic development, all the things that it takes to grow a country's economy. I was at the, the cusp oh. of that beginning. So, and Got I it. saw that, and I saw that. And when I, when I realized that was going on, I tried to, and to this very day, and to this very day, I'm still talking to organizations, as much individuals, as in, in, in America, Black Americans, about yes. the opportunities that China can present Black America to improve its economic situation in the U.S. Mm. There is no Black American chain or uh, trade organization in China. Yeah. And, and you have hundreds of them within the United States. Every state has a Black American Chamber of Commerce or African American Chamber of Commerce and so forth and so on. They even have National Chamber of Commerce located in Washington, D.C. But they don't have one that's in China. And I, and I keep telling them that is to the detriment of our people. If we're going to improve our economic situation, we have to learn how to do business outside of the United States. Like every other ethnic group knows how to do business outside of their own country. Even you have mm. people from different countries, ethnic groups in the United States, they're doing business in other countries to improve their situation in the U.S., but yet 
we haven't seemed to grasp that ideal to engage with other countries such as China, despite what uh, individual will say, the good mm -hmm. or bad, ugly about China, despite that, those individuals are still doing business with China. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and we, mm -hmm. and I think that's, that is a major problem, even going from this point, still going forward. Because mm -hmm. they're, they're, you know, the Walmarts, the Amazons, the, the Targets, and, and, and the, the Costco's, and whomever, they are still buying things from China. Yes. They're still buying things from China. And, 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 there, and there are a lot of other businesses are still ordering, importing things from China, but Black America collectively doesn't have an organization to develop that type of trade relation, which is um, detrimental mm. to our growth, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Got it. So basically, you see uh, the macro economy uh, is opening up and there are many uh, different types of opportunities, but you see some loopholes. I, I don't want to say it is loopholes, but a uh, brand canvas for you to be a pioneer in uh, making things happen uh, from the perspective of a Black American in China, because you've seen things done in some other areas that could be done in this area too, so that uh, you try to bring innovation in this uh, area. So can you share some uh, maybe import or export projects that you have done as examples to illustrate how you nurture business collaboration in China to generate trade agreement? Because I think that's something that uh, our audience wanted to learn the most. It, it is not easy for uh, a a, a foreigner coming to China and then ah, I don't have everything. Uh, I don't have a chamber of commerce to represent me. And then how can you do all of that? Can you talk about that? Well, it all depends on what the individual wants. When we first started, started doing this business, we, mm -hmm. we focused on housing and the hotel industry. Why is that? Why do you choose this? Why? Why? Because you know, um, at that time, China had some five-star hotels, but the hospitality industry was growing. That was a new developing industry, the hospitality industry, especially in a city like Shanghai, Beijing. You know, now you have all these mega type of hotels that's coming, that's already here, that was being built during that time period. So if mm. you're looking at hotels that are being built, you have to have accessories that go inside those hotels. And one of the things we used to supply is those um, glass shower doors. If you look at a, you go to a hotel, you see a glass shower door, you see those stainless steel rods on those shower yeah. doors. We're a part of that. That's one of the yeah. first things we focus on. So when I look at it, I'm like, God, I used to, sell, I used to export that to a country. I used to export <laughs> this. I, the I, I touch all that and look at it. And then you look at, and I, and I, I just look at a lot of stuff like, no, I used to do that. Like we just do the, the hotel furniture because all of it was new. All of it was new. And, and, and one of the things I was telling people back in the States, you know, you need to start looking at getting items for the hotels for households because mm. the households uh. are going to grow. The households are going to grow. But unfortunately, in 2008, the U.S. had that financial crisis and it hurt the housing industry. So people didn't really think about, I want to do this, trying to save their homes and trying to save as much finances as they possibly could. 
But it, mm. you know, it really didn't hurt China at that time because you know you had Beijing Olympics going on, and then you had the the World Expo in 2010 coming to Shanghai. So there was still growth and development. And but actually, that was the opportune time to come to China for Black America because a lot of things were happening in the country at that time. And a lot of, you know, especially when the World Expo came, you had all these other countries was coming here to explore opportunity in China. And I was telling people, and I said to the day, you know, you really don't come to China to do business with China, or you don't come to Shanghai to do business with Shanghai. You come to these countries in this city to do business with the rest of the world because the rest of the world mm. is looking here. So yes. if you come here, you get a chance to interact with other countries. Through this one location, and and and, I, and, I, and that's why I see it. So, and if we start out with the housing, mm. and then we did that for a while, then we started doing you know personal items. People wanted to learn how you know the textile was okay as well as you know housing textile. We did a lot of textile clothing, mm. things of that nature, and then we just kind of just settled into that atmosphere. And then in 2008, we went into start working with a company that made aluminum food packaging. Oh. You know, four, four sheets, four containers. And mm. it's still involved with that company. And they developed another company that's actually selling the machines that makes the mm. four rows. So we're kind of like two for one, you know, mm -hmm. two industry, two separate businesses, but one industry dealing with food packaging again. I would I would tell people about these opportunities, even when the uh, the CIIE when it first came in 2017, China International Import Expo. They just recently had the fifth one uh, last this last week. You know, it's mm. kind of not it's not like the first one. The first one was magnificent. That was, of course that was before COVID, but the first one was mm. magnificent. And I'm telling individuals, like organization United States, you need to come over here, set up a booth, get yourself recognized over so you get exposed. But then again, you know, we, we don't look at China or we don't look at outside the United States as opportunities to improve our situation. So mm. uh, that's that's what we have. That's what we have. Uh, if you if you are giving advice to some entrepreneur come over to Shanghai or in wherever um, cities in China and then uh, um, what is the biggest uh, my shift, mindset shift they have to do for themselves? Uh, and maybe you can even talk about their mental barriers. Uh, what What's the mental barriers they have to get over before they are really doing whatever as you just mentioned? What, whatever you think about China, as far as what you have learned in the West, get rid of it. Yes, please, please talk about it. <laughs> Get rid of it. Whatever you let it go. Let it go. Just flush yourself fresh. And they could do that. If they could do that, they could do very well over here. They could, if they could do that. It's that's a challenge. I'm I'm telling you, it's a challenge. Even even today, even yeah. today. Um because mm. you know, um, because mm. I, I appreciate American football, right? I appreciate American mm. football. We have a couple of guys over here from the States. They play they mm. play um, football back in the States, and they, they know the mm. rules, right? They know the American rules, of course, to American football style. But, of course, here the rules kind of, it changes. You know, kind of. Certain things mm. happen, and, and certain things don't happen. 
And some guy would say, well, back in America, this is where I say, stop right there. <laughs> you can stop right there. That's your stopping point. Right, there. Don't go with well back in America. You know, let that go because you're not going to mm -hmm. win the argument. Let it go. Let it go. So you have to really unlearn what you learn mm -hmm. in space and learn new things over here in order to be successful. Love it. You, you even answer my, uh, my question that I'm going to ask you next is, uh, uh, I, I want to ask you about how, what unproductive business practice you have to unlearn in your forward path chapter. You, and you just talk about it. Let let it go. Get rid of all the misconception about trailer. You learn from the either or from the Western media outlet or wherever that you consume. Just un, let go all of them. Is that your answer? Do you want to add something to it? Well, me, I was, when I was growing up, I was not exposed to China. Uh -huh. You know, the only thing I was exposed to China was, you know, Chinese restaurants and uh, Lee Shaolong, Bruce Lee. That was my <laughs> only exposure to who Chinese people are. Uh, you know, and that was it. That was it. So when I came over here, it was all fresh. I mean, but of course, I had still had that Western lifestyle that I liked, mm. you know, certain things because when, I, when yeah. I first came over here, you know, people staring at me, not seeing a black guy, you know, I'm from the South, you know, so people look at you, you look back and you say, hello, you wave. Mm -hmm. But yes. normally back then, you know, you say, hello, people just look at you like, wow, they're not, you think that people are <laughs> being rude, you know, they just have that, 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 that solemn face, you know, looking at you and you think they're just being rude or impolite or anything, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But, you know, you learn after a while, that's normal. I, I get that look now. I give that look at people. You know, somebody look at me, I get that look back, you know, because it's, you know, I'm like, hey. So mm. you basically, got to, you got to shed yourself of that stuff, man. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah, I feel you. I love it. Uh, my last question about this episode, I want to ask you, because we just mentioned something about the cultural differences uh, between uh, whatever Western or Eastern over China or Western, whatever. And I want to ask you about your love in China. Is there any cultural difference between a black America and a Chinese when it comes to love and marriage? Your wife, Anwei from Guiyang, Guizhou province. Yeah. yeah. Is there any cultural difference, you you and her? That's my last question. You know, that's, that's, a, that's another good question. And there are some things that that are done here that remind me of of, of like black america um when i when i first came you know um when i wasn't really involved with anyone and i had to experience spring festival i thought it was this big granular thing that everybody's outside celebrating while you know fireworks and everything big party no it was more family oriented you know and and the family do all the celebrations, so I kind of like God, I'm, I'm left out, you know. But once I got involved with my wife and got a chance to celebrate Spring Festival, I realized this is like you know, Black America families getting together, people having a good time, going to different homes, sharing dinners, you know, talking about this itself. No, no red envelope is given out or anything like that. But anyway, mm -hmm. but that that part and. And being back, you know, I'm 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 a country boy. I like I like the outdoors. I like the woods. I like going camping. I like going hiking. And they do the same thing over here, you know, mm. for the most part. I mean, this is get out of the city. This is a very beautiful country for us in nature. Out in the woods, mm. we like that cap. So, 
that type of stuff I really enjoy doing. Um, and just, you know, having people that you can rely on and they can rely on you. You know, just you just got to have that that sense of um, understanding and uh, a sense of commitment, and people will see that. You know, because when you're investing in somebody, you 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 got you look at like you're investing in for a long term. You don't want anything short term immediately, and then you move on. At this stage, you don't kind of want that. But mm. I I, I could tell you the story. There's one story that separates the culture differences, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I'm here maybe two or three weeks, right? So I'm I'm walking along Guilin Road um, at this university, Shanghai Shanghai Norman University in Shanghai. I'm walking, and and, and just about in a span of maybe 10 seconds, five to 10 seconds. I'm walking, and I hear some noise coming behind me, like somebody's running, Mm -hmm. right? So... Naturally, if you think somebody's running, you're looking around and seeing if anybody's running, right? But I didn't hear any, I didn't see anyone running. But I'm looking around, I'm like thinking to myself, oh my goodness, somebody's coming to hit me in the head. Somebody's coming to attack me. I'm oh. thinking like I'm thinking like somebody's coming to attack me, right? And so I'm taking a couple of more steps and I'm I'm really tense, I'm tense up, I'm getting tense, and I'm clenching my fist because I'm getting ready to turn around. And hit somebody to defend no. myself. And as soon as I turn around, this lady runs right past me. Boom. She runs past me and runs and gets on the bus. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, people are running to catch the bus, right? She runs past me to get on the bus. And I had to pull myself together. I'm like, oh my God, I am not in America. I'm in China. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's funny. <laughs> uh, that is my wake up call when I got it. That was my wake up call. Ever since then, I'm like, I'm safe. Uh, <laughs> I'm safe. I'm okay. I'm not in America anymore. I'm in China. That's the culture differences, man. Safe. Got it. Amazing. I like this perfect ending for your episode. Uh, is there any last message you want to mention to the audience? <laughs> you want to, yeah. Oh, man. Follow Eric's show, man. Y'all follow his show. The man got a good show. He does good episodes. And I really appreciate him taking the time out. And hopefully I get to meet you one day. Hopefully we get to meet face to face. You know, hmm. when all goes well and good. And I really do appreciate you taking the time out to do this with me. Give me a chance hmm. to spread my, and tell my story. Uh, mm. being in China, being in Shanghai, and I really am, you know, mm. I'm very humble and, and, and blessed because I, I, I tell my wife this, you know, she said, uh, why are you, you know, mm. people ask me this, why are you in China? I said, well, I think China chose me. Oh. Mm. I was chosen to be here to do what I'm doing because, you know, and people look at me now and think, God, you've been here a long time. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't bother me, you know? It doesn't bother me. I fit in. Like I'm supposed to be here to experience what I'm experiencing because it's something that Black America really needs to understand seriously on how to engage with other countries, particularly engaging with China, if we're going to improve our economic situation in America. They have to be totally serious about it now, going forward. 
all those chamber of commerce and those organizations, they got to be serious. If they're not doing, if they're not talking about China, to me, they ain't talking about nothing. Oh man, thank you for the exemplification for everyone to learn how to do business in this particular big country. Uh, all of the story you just mentioned is amazing. There are so many golden nuggets about it. And definitely, if I come to Shanghai, I will pay you. And if you uh, come by Hong Kong, pay me. Uh, let's go grab a coffee or have a beer you know, to just have fun. Got it. On noted, for sure. Yeah. So uh, appreciate it, William. Uh, I love this episode. Uh, for the audiences, uh, I think you love it too. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Until next time.